Hello and welcome to the Race FF podcast. I am your host, Jaime Garcia, and today I am very lucky to have um, kind of like what I've been wanting to do with the Race FF is highlight SoCal drivers, people who go out there and, you know, at least at the club level, are well-known, well-respected, and very intelligent people who have a lot to offer. Um, Today, I have a prime example of this person. Um, This guy, I've met so many times out on the racetrack, and the more and more I learn about this guy, the more likable he is. He is Kevin Burke from the Torco Viper uh, fame, and of course, we're going to be talking about his Honda Fit. Welcome to the Race FF podcast, Kevin Burke. Wow, kind words. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, definitely a rich background and lots of stuff. So yes, two thousand definitely is like the, whatever most people know me for, mm-hmm. at least from like grassroots level. Yeah, and I remember first seeing you in that S two thousand at the Grid Life event uh, that they had at Streets. Oh yeah, that was like. That was an, that was an intense event. That, I had no idea that I was actually going to be competitive at that event, let alone win. Completely honest. Yeah, I mean, um, that was gnarly. That that was a real, real like weird event because it happened. I think it was Super Bowl weekend, and yeah, it was. I think it was. You're right. And it was raining like crazy the the following day because I think Speed Ventures was the one that rented it out. And, like, they had flooding issues over there. So it was, like, I, I remember seeing cars, like, almost hydroplaning, like, uh, on the, I guess this uh, streets has this, like, kind of skid pad-like turn. Yeah, called the skid pad. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it, it was wild. And they, like, pretty much sold out. And I was just, like, wow, they had everything going against them. Like, the fact that the streets... The fact that it was raining like crazy and it was Super Bowl weekend is just like wild. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I mean, it's good life. So, you know, and they haven't really had an official event and it was a competitive event too in SoCal. So not, uh, you know, to be fair, not every, you know, competitive car showed up, but a lot mm-hmm. of fast guys did. And um, the way their bracket battle worked made it very, it, it worked well for my particular car because my car could just turn laps. And just never really broke down. I didn't have the fastest lap time in mm-hmm. the grid life uh, in that event either. In, in my in street mod, that mm-hmm. took um, a friend of mine. Now Peter, he was doing like he was a second faster, but his car wasn't as reliable. So mm-hmm. he would like do a bracket battle, break, something would happen. But I was just consistent within like hundreds of a second on my lap times. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what made that event work for me, which is cool. Yeah, and I that was the first time I've seen like a bracket battle done. And to be honest, it's so much, I think it's something that Abe uh, from the Slip Angle show uh, talks about how time attack is really not a spectator friendly uh, sport because, I mean, yeah. you see five or 10 cars out there. You don't know, you, you have no spatial awareness to go ahead and say, oh, this guy's turning a faster lap than this one. And cars mm-hmm. make speed at uh, certain parts of the track where others uh, don't. But with the bracket battles, you can see and you can go, that guy's winning, that guy's losing. It's like, yeah. It, in terms of a spectator sport, it was so much fun. Uh, one of my buddies got pretty close to the top in like the lowest class, the enthusiast. But I mean, he just didn't have the power to stay up with that uh, 
uh, I think it was the Focus ST uh, that yeah. was in there. That's a buddy of mine now, uh, Omar. He's oh. a hell of a driver. Yeah, no, it, it was good. My buddy was out there in a black Integra GSR, just oh. <laughs> just like trying his best. Yeah, um, I think he was on. Uh, I think it was uh, Hankook RS Force. So like, yeah, not not the most competitive setup. And I mean, with a GSR versus an an ST Focus, I mean, those things are fast. Yeah, and I think a lot of people. I mean. Obviously, Streets of Below isn't a power track, but power no. makes a big difference on those yeah. back straights. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple yeah. of spots where you're you're digging out of a corner, so low speed traction is huge there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if your car can put down traction and pull out, it's pretty. They're pretty quick. Makes yeah. a difference there. Yeah, and I mean, uh, of course, being grid life, they had the guys from Gears and Gasoline there shooting and making yep. things just look beautiful and cinematic. So that that was really cool to actually see both of the bends um, there at that event. So, was that your first time uh, doing anything with a grid life? Yeah, that was my first time at a grid life event. Period, and uh, I've actually built a little bit of a relationship with the two guys that run it now. Been on their podcast uh, two times now, mm-hmm. and uh, we keep in pretty constant contact. Um, they're a good group of dudes that just do it because they love it. Yeah. And that's, that's what uh, makes it work so well, I think. Yeah, Adam, um, I've been messaging with for like a long ass time just because, again, he's part of the, what is it, the wrong headed uh, move of uh, wrong wheel drive. So <laughs> <laughs> he has uh, old junky uh, early 90s cars, and I have an old junky ni- early 90s cars. So we talk about stuff that breaks and. How we go to the junkyard and try and get parts. <laughs> um, so you keep saying that they're wrong wheel drive and everything's wrong. And, and from my perspective, so I, I came from, you know, rear wheel drive, you know, quote unquote purist, mm-hmm. so like Corvette, Viper, all that stuff. And now I'm, I have a fit just as like a, you know, uh, it's my daily, it's the fun car. I've got to create a lot of content with it in the future. Um, and I really enjoy that on track. I don't, I feel like, it's not wrong real mm-hmm. drive. It's just a different style of driving. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like the first time I got that car dialed in, like I took it to auto Club speedway when I first got it, like I think a week after it had three year old 600 treadwear, all season <laughs> tires that were cracking, uh, auto zone brake pads. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even do an oil change on the car yet. I bought it from <laughs> uh, you know, a friend and it's just, it was so fun. And even just in that form, I had a blast and I learned a lot. And then, you know, fast forward to now I have a uh, custom fuel suspension with uh, Swift Springs, 9K mm-hmm. front, 12K rear, um, mm-hmm. progress rear sway bar, uh, wed sport wheels, Falcon RT 60 tires and race pads. Mm-hmm. That's it. The car's a blast. Yeah, I, I saw, I think I saw the first iteration of that uh, fit. It was at the Auto Club Speedway. I think you were chasing one of the NASA instructors, uh, Patrick, and his... Uh, yeah. I forget what kind of car it is. He is a some... Kia Rio. And oh. it was, again, like bone stock on all seasons <laughs> with like no brakes. And we were having the best time, just like almost rubbing each other's bumpers <laughs> on the uh, infield. We just got out smiling, and it was so fun. Yeah, I mean, Patrick is a hell of a driver. I mean... He doesn't seem like it. He doesn't give off that vibe. But, man, 
anytime I need to shave uh, like a second or two off of my time, I just grab him and say, hey, get in my car. Let's let's figure this out. Tell me where I suck. And he'll, no, he'll do known, it. I've known Patrick for a while. You don't need to tell me he's a good driver. I know he is. Yeah. Um, he actually, I've known him like he does work for Fast Toys as well. And we were both instructors there back mm-hmm. before he was the head honcho and the, you know, the, the chief instructor. Him mm-hmm. and I were both instructors, so we spent a lot of time together. He's he's good. I like Patrick, and he's a he's a what we call a lifer, and has been doing oh, this yeah. a long time. So he has a lot of knowledge to offer mm-hmm. and a lot of guidance. So yeah, shout out to Patrick Orozco. Yeah, Patrick Being, uh, is is a, just a. Every time I see him, I'm 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 always smiling because he's just the type of person that you enjoy uh, seeing out on track. And yeah, I, yeah, if talked to patrick for so so long it feels like because he even told me about like hey man you want to come and instruct at fast toys and i'm like man i'm broke like i don't have that kind of money to go out there and do stuff like that so i mean the instructing for fast toys is neat just because you you meet a lot of yeah. people you're yeah. on networking and you do get the opportunity to ride in and drive some pretty incredible cars yeah i mean outside of that i mean how else can you afford to not only get a car like that, but then convince somebody to allow you to drive it like at a, you know unreasonable speeds around a, a like a closed course. I mean, there's yeah. definitely a lot of salesmanship involved when you yeah. talk to somebody about driving their exotic. You know, you have to feel them out. You know, mm-hmm. understand maybe they don't want a ten tenths ride to scare them. They want you know just to see the line, just to see how to mm-hmm. enter and exit the track. And and once you build a relationship that's when they'll say like hey kevin just go <laughs> i've had uh, multiple people hand me the keys to their uh, mclarens and go just go and then I, they don't even want to go with me they just say just do as go as fast as you can yeah so and it's been a pretty remarkable experience uh being able to drive all that kind of stuff as really just a nobody you know i'm like you said in the beginning i'm just a grassroots you know guy that can drive that's really it I have no huge background. I've never wheel-to-wheel raced. Mm-hmm. I do hold a license. I was right before COVID, so I haven't raced yet. Oh, but it's pretty cool stuff that I've uh, that I've driven. Yeah, I mean, and, um, every everything that you drive from your Corvette to the Viper, um, I mean, they're impressive. And it's not like you're out there and you're putt putting around, but you're you're actually competitive in the, especially in the time trial series. You've made a huge splash there, and been the guy to kind of beat i mean i i even get uh compliments from uh what is it the it, italian guy in the mustang whenever uh he sees that i <laughs> hold you up on the uh, on my uh, eg at auto club because yeah uh, the eg just doesn't have enough to stay with the viper like i can't really draft him so <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's the time trial is interesting uh, mm-hmm with in that regard putting all the tt1 and the tt6 together i've been pretty vocal that that's a terrible idea yeah the it's closing like no fault speed. of you or yeah. the other people in tt4 5 and 6 yeah but the um, the time discrepancy is pretty huge yeah and and even if you're eking out every single bit that you can it's still a 30 or 40 second time discrepancy which means i will literally lap the car like three times in a session yeah yeah especially like on a track like um like what is it auto club yeah this is huge it's yeah i think auto club is our biggest disparity right because mm-hmm. uh you're doing like two what is it your lap time at auto club in that car oh man this 
it's sad. It's a 212. That, that was Dude, just... That was it isn't as sad as you'd think when I drove that fit on all seasons. I did a 220. So you're eight seconds faster than me in the fit. Yeah, but I'm in an EG that's got <laughs> like, mind you, they the half of the tires are throwaways. But I have a pair of new Toyo Double R's, and you know how awesome the Toyo Double R's are. They can be. <laughs> well, can I mean, compared compared to like what I was running before the um R Triple Eight R's. Uh yeah the, the yeah. RRs are a lot better. The RR is a is a really great tire. Um, it's just not it's a wheel to wheel tire in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, it not is not so much a race tire. Like what it what it excels at is consistent lap after mm-hmm. lap, and it kind of unmatched in that category. Mm-hmm. But for time trial, it's almost like a waste because you go out and I do two laps and I bring it in and that wastes a heat cycle. Yeah, on that RR. Yeah, I mean so. Especially now with the war that all the tire manufacturers are doing with their 200 treadwear tires, it's like it's really hard to to really fight against how fast some of these two 200 treadwear tires are because they're just improving and improving to the point where I've seen um, some. I, I mean, as good data as you can get, but some of these 200 treadwear tires are getting close. In terms of lateral force, uh, lateral G's that they can hold, really close to uh, competitive R compound tires, if not exceeding some of them. Yeah, yeah, most of them are exceeding that 100 treadwear mark, oh, and yeah. then rapidly approaching on like the R7 category. I don't think they're quite there yet, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. the the uh, Yokohama AO52 and yeah. the RT660 both punch way above, above their, their weight. weight. Have you? And it's almost mind-boggling a little bit no it, it, it is i mean I, I never thought you know when i first started out uh, messing around with cars uh there was really a tire company that was doing it and that was falcon with the mm-hmm. zennies the 615s and that was mm-hmm. it like nobody else has something i think uh, michelin had like the pilot sports that were like that weird double compound or whatever that people talked about and you know that that was pretty much it, and now like you have literally the 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 span of choices and how different these two hundred quote unquote treadwear tires wear and act is uh, crazy. Like the RS fours, and I think it's the uh, Nankang NS two Rs are like favored for uh, the like what is it the Lucky Dog um, racing series where you have to do a lot of laps. And you have, you know, like you're saying, the uh, AO52s and the RE71Rs that are just, like, amazing for time attack for those uh, street enthusiasts that have to hit, like, that 200 treadwear uh, rating. So, yeah. Well, I, I feel like the biggest difference, and I know there, this is kind of a hot topic, but, you know, the, the quote, street car, oh, you know, um, yeah. debate on, you know, t- in time attack and it has a whole bunch of definitions, right? But tires in particular, like if you're not driving the tire that you drove to on the track, then you're not tracking a streetcar, in my opinion. Like if you drive to the track in a C7, you get to the track and your buddy's waiting there with A7s, like that. Uh, uh, I, mean, I yeah. don't know if that counts. You know, like there's too I, many I people agree. that just slap slicks on cars, go three seconds faster than most people on street tires and go, look how, look how good I am. And it's like, well, we're yeah. getting to a point where you could basically go as fast as you want, you know, with 
whatever, an $80,000 budget, $60,000 mm. budget, like pick the lap time. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it work. You want to do a 42 a button willow? Fine. Go buy a Miata, pour 60 grand into it. Yeah. We'll do a 42 a button willow. Everybody knows that. But we're getting to such a point where like the sub to a button willow doesn't really matter. What matters is what lap time you did in the car you did. Yeah. And, and that's something that like I, I, I talked to because I have um, like not at your level of coaching, but my level of coaching with some of the HPD one students, they'll tell me like, Hey, what's a good lap time for this car? And I have to go into this field of like, you're an HPD one worry about where the flaggers are and being consistent online. And then once you get that honed down, like then we can start looking at lap times because before that you're, you're not going to be consistently uh, online and, your breakpoints are going to be completely different, so lap times are just going to hinder you because you're going to be constantly fighting for something that, you know, um, you're not smooth and you don't have the good uh, foundation for. But, yeah, the the thing that I've uh, talked to a lot of students is that when you're looking at so-and-so's build or whatever, you have to take into consideration that yeah, they say they did this in this car, but you look at the car and it's like completely gutted. Like they'll right. say, "Oh yeah, it's it's like a '93 Civic, and it all it's got is like a B series swap." It's like, yeah, but that B series is making 200 horsepower. The car is gutted. It literally has no roll cage. It probably weighs 1,700 pounds. That's an insanely fast re- recipe. Like, of course, it's going to be fast. Yeah, is the car you're referencing a red one? Oh no 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 not 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 Nick Hayes. I'm just talking in general. Nick, that's very different. Know. That's very different. That guy is a wheeler. Like I, I've I've no, been your talking. Your was like exactly his car. Oh, I know, I know it very well. Anytime I see a front wheel drive car killing it, doing like 121s at streets and doing like a 152 at a uh, button. Uh, it gets on my radar. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, no one is able to cheat physics. Exactly. So you that, either make it lighter wheel, or get more power in it. Or or both, and you throw on, you know, some magic tires. Yeah. So it's uh, – there's – I don't know how to explain it. Like the, the time attack scene goes a little bit nuts for guys that are oh, willing yeah. to, to buy A7s and go out and do a fast lap. And it's like, yeah. well – Remember, like a lot of us are trying to do this, even guys like me, like the cost differential from doing like oh, a 3R yeah. to an yeah. A7, like we're talking triple. Yeah. Because the A7 really is only fast in the C7 for probably a lap or two, mm-hmm. and then it starts to fall off. So, yeah. like it, it's it's just, you don't want to make it about chasing money, mm-hmm. but a lot of these guys idolize people that can spend the money on, on fresh A7s and bring three sets with them to a track day. And that yeah. sucks. Because it shouldn't be about that. It should be about the person. It should be about the, the driving the build skill itself and the driving skill. But the driving skill, it, you see it out of that. Those people as well. I'm not negating yeah. that they don't have skill. No, no. Um, I mean, but... look, I I consider myself a decent driver, and if I was to go out there and do the recipe that you're saying, it's just like buy the A7s or whatever. I'm sure I could be pretty competitive in a in a fast car. But it wouldn't be because of me being the driver. It'd be more of the setup, doing more more of the heavy lifting. And I think that 
when I look at people that I want to talk to, have on the podcast, or, um, you know, I, I like a lot of the people that have a very, um, how do you say, like, they, they bring out their driver personality out there where they're making the most out of what they have. And I, I mean, I, I look at you in the Viper. Like, that car is not an easy car to drive when it gets hot or greasy. I mean, there there are some, uh, especially like at Button Willow, like, you, you were fighting that car, especially with the stock brake pads when you were yeah, out there. The car, the Viper, the, the the opportunity to drive that car is just, like, yeah. so amazing to me and so beyond me. It's kind of crazy how it all worked out, and I'm lucky to drive it. Yeah. And um, for a driver, it's one of the best cars I feel like you could mm -hmm. want. It's not fast, the fastest, like we talked about, like, you know, mm -hmm. pick the lap time, buy a car. It's not exactly. that kind of car. It's the most, it's probably the newest, like, I don't know how to explain it. The newest, like, Shelby Cobra type of car that's, you can buy. That's exactly where I thought you were going with that. It's like uh, something that's super raw and, you know, not, doesn't have all these, like, clever stuff. Like, I, I think I remember seeing one of your YouTube videos. By the way, this guy's on YouTube. Watch all of his videos. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Need to get him. Uh, what is it? What's the current goal? Going over 1,000? Yeah. For what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm at eight. I think 850 right now. All right. Let, all right. You're going to get 851 right now after this. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 the YouTube stuff is, is I do it for, it's fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope it leads me into other opportunities, but that's not definitely not, you know, what I want to do. But no. I have a blast shooting, mm -hmm. filming, and sharing with everybody because I feel like I can just share it with my family, friends, mm -hmm. and you get a more intimate look on what it takes to like drive a car like that, and which is rare. Yeah, actually, and I mean, look, it's it's kind of like a dirty secret. Racing, in terms of what we do, is not popular in terms of like having people go out to the racetrack. Like nobody really shows up in terms of like spectators for the event if it's not like yeah. a grid life event or a drifting event. It, it just really isn't that popular. And the way that you're doing, uh, sharing your story with uh the torco viper it's a great way for people to you know be that spectator and have that intimate knowledge of like what's going on session per session and why mm -hmm. it is that you're having the results that you're having be it mm -hmm. some guy in a black eg holding you up at auto club <laughs> <laughs> oh, i pointed man. you by to be fair <laughs> you're fine you're fine dude don't even worry about that. It's and if it was just one person, you know, like that'd yeah. be different. It's not just you. It's like yeah. literally I catch the entire field. Yeah. So that's clearly my fault. <laughs> I, I I've uh, gotta yeah, the, I gotta throw myself on there. It's, it's for all for comedy's sake. Of course. The the thing that blows my mind about the Viper is, you know, these things have been around for a while, the ACRs. Mm -hmm. And we don't really we've never really known what like the fourth gen is capable of that's true um, and so like we're kind of ex i'm experiencing that now and all the people that are coming out of the woodwork the viper community is really small and really yeah. like tight mm -hmm. they're coming out of the woodwork and like going oh my god like you're doing that in that car this pro went there and did that in that car you beat him by a second like there's all this cool stuff that's coming out of driving that legendary car yeah i read that, that I comment as well about. um <laughs> so yeah like they yeah dodge went around and did a whole bunch of laps um on basically a a comparable tire to the mm -hmm. RR because the RR came out around the same time. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I forget the guy's the pro, you know, shoe that they hired to go test and do all that stuff. But the laps are pretty close to mine. And yeah. And I mean, I mean, cool. that that uh, track, I think that you're referencing is a big willow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, the only tracks that we would recognize off that list is Big Willow. They went there, did a 126 flat, mm-hmm. and then they went to Button Willow and did a 155. And the Button Willow is what made me feel the best <laughs> because I yeah. thought my 153 was just so slow for that car. Uh, yeah. But seeing that he was able to do it 55 means, okay, I'm in the realm. Like I'm definitely eking out what the car has. It's just not good at that particular track. Yeah, I, I think um, especially with Button Willow, like you almost have to set the vehicle up for Button Willow. Like, yeah. even gearing wise, it's it's yep. like a oh, make God, it or the, break it. The gearing here's a here's a fun uh, little fact here. The gearing in that Viper is so terrible for Button Willow. I know. I hit third gear at one twenty five. Fourth, I I get into fourth and I'm at like you know thirty eight hundred RPM or something ridiculously low. And it makes torque, but yeah. it has not enough horsepower to really overcome the arrow. So mm-hmm. I just go 26, 27, 28, and then I have to brake. Mm-hmm. So like I'm eight miles an hour slower at my VMAX versus my Corvette at Button Willow just because of gearing. It versus, is it's so huge. Versus Auto Club, I'm 12 miles an hour faster in the Viper. No, 14 miles an hour in the faster faster in the Viper. Even with the so improved like, arrow that you got from uh, Race Red and um, all the little things that you did, right? Yeah, one sixty three point eight, I think, in the uh, the Viper, and then my car the same day I did like a one fifty one or wow. one fifty barely. But again, because I just shifted into that higher gear and I didn't mm-hmm. really have the torque or the power to pull myself through. Um, and it's it's funny when you look at that because at Button Willow, I think my V Max is one twenty nine, one twenty eight ish. And uh, I think Nikki Hayes posted his, and his is like 130. Mm-hmm. Like his VMAX is literally faster than me in the Viper. Yeah, I believe it. I which believe is it. which is nutty. And he went faster, so that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Like I said, no one can escape physics. Yeah. It, um, and it goes back to that car, uh, comment we made earlier that, you know, like the builds of the cars are kind of like really weird and to try and justify um, the whole like time attack setup where, you know, this car's doing this, this car's doing that. It, it really doesn't tell the whole story. Well, certain cars are good at certain things, like you mm-hmm. just mentioned. And the Viper is so good at high speed. Stability. Oh, yeah. Like, unreal how good that car is at like a hundred. Oh, sorry. I think you cut out for a second. Hello? Oh. We're going to go ahead and pause. Replay. All right. There we go. We're recording again. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, no worries. Uh, we, we were talking about how some cars excel differently, right? Yeah. Where we got interrupted. Yeah. Um, so the Viper is so good in sections at like 110 mm-hmm. plus miles per hour. And that's Big Willow, Auto Club, like Road Atlanta, all of the really big tracks like on the East Coast and the West Coast. The mm-hmm. problem is it just cannot do any low speed like yeah. turn in. Uh, and but Button Willow is like a technical track, and Auto Club. I mean, let's be honest, this is built for power. So yeah, you could you could see the biggest disparities there. Well, um, Auto Club though, because there's a lot of low speed turns. Oh, on the that's infield, right. On the, infield. the Viper struggles on yeah. every single corner in the infield. So really, the Viper's built for like Big Willow. I feel like that uh, is where I yeah, had that, almost no complaints about the car. It was pretty much perfect mm-hmm. other than i was having some abs issues mm-hmm. from the i think the hawks have too much bite for the rr 
Um, so I'm like engaging ABS on every big braking zone and mm -hmm. I'm actually locking up the brakes because the ABS doesn't really know what to do. I don't think the ABS is that great in that car. Yeah. So that's another, another thing to deal with on that thing. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, the Viper excels super well at a place like Big Willow. And whereas the Corvette, as you've seen, like just dominates Button Willow. Oh yeah. So and streets really like a 119 at streets is pretty respectable for oh just a, yeah you know, it is normal Corvette. Um, so being that it's the race FF uh, podcast, why did you choose the fit? Is, was it because <laughs> the fit has 200 percent structural rigidity? Is it because of all the lonely drivers uh, memes that are out there? Is it just because it has so much more room and that you could fold the flats, uh, the seats flat, or is it because of the VTEC? What 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 brought you to the to the fit so, instead of like a Kia Rio or something? So I'm a Honda guy by heart. Like that's just who I am. My you know, people, like S two thousand. Like people. that is <laughs> that the S two thousand is my favorite. One of my favorite cars of all time. Mm -hmm. All the exotics I ever drive, like I always go back to that S. And so, mm -hmm. therefore, I always, I always have a thing for Honda. So when it came to get like a, I wanted to get a newer car. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not like a '90s hatch like what you have, because <laughs> there are, you have to love that car a lot more to yeah. track it. Yes. There are there are little things that go wrong. And yes. Fit doesn't really have a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty dead reliable. Mm -hmm. And so it was a newer, you know, quote unquote, new Honda reliability mm -hmm. that brought me to it. The looks, I dig the way it looks. I know it's not for I everybody. love it too. It's like a, like a mini minivan. I mean, I, I yeah. dig it. Yeah. And it looks very ADM. It looks very like, oh, yeah. like before Honda kind of got to consumer mm -hmm. on their most recent stuff. Um, like brand new, like the 2022 Civic looks just like a Passat. I hate it, but <laughs> it's you know, back in that I'm aggressive not, Japanese I'm not a fan of the style. New one. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the new Civic to be honest. I, I know it looks a little bit not as crazy as uh, the design that they came out with with the 10th gen, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I liked it, but the fit was actually, I was considering either the EG or a first gen honda fit to try and build to get it to honda challenge but after talking about like just a suspension handicap and just how down on power they would be i yeah. ended up going uh with the eg which again is going to be a car that's going to be down on power compared to all the other h4 cars but i'll well, be running lighter so that's that, that where... car that car does have a really tall ceiling, as you know, mm -hmm. way taller than the fit. The mm -hmm. fit is kind of, you know, handicapped in that, you know, swaps aren't as simple in them. Uh, the suspension geometry, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. is kind of kind of garbage. Yeah, the rear um, torsion beam set up. Yeah. So and that's another kind of big reason. It sounds weird that drew me to it is I bought the car to create content mm -hmm. and I've shot quite a bit of it already and I'm working on editing this a mass amount of content that I've shot with it. And I basically taught hand the keys to friends, drivers in Southern California and say, Hey, go as fast as you can in my fit. Yeah. And, um, that was kind of the plan with that car after mm -hmm. I drove it just for a little bit. And the fact that it's imperfect, the fact that it's so slow it can't get out of its own way kind of <laughs> makes it perfect for something like that yeah because you can toss the keys to people they're not going to hurt themselves they're really not going to hurt the car mm -hmm. and it really comes down to that ultra precise driving which is really what i'm all about mm -hmm. you know I, I love building cars i love all the other stuff but 
to me, driving is the ultimate, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like goal uh, to be the best driver that I can be. And driving something like that, I think maybe not highlights you as a driver overall, but highlights your ability to adapt because most of the guys that have that drove, drove that have higher horsepower cars. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you're driving a super momentum car and you have two laps to figure it out and do a lap. Yeah, and I mean, and to me, that that's more interesting than handing them the keys to a Miata or or FRS or yeah. you know whatever. Because if you make a mistake, the the, the cars like the Fit are going to punish you, and you're going to have to yeah. work so hard to get it back. Like yep. you have to be fully committed on every corner to get the most out of it. And it's funny that you mentioned like how quirky the Fit is. I don't know if you knew this, but in Japan, the Fit is probably the number one vehicle that you're going to see out there. In my travels out there, um, mm -hmm. the most popular Honda product out there is the Fit. Like, and I, I can see why. Lot. Like, it's it's just a good car overall. Yeah. Got a ton of space. So um, much room for activities, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I, I I love it. Um, I'm a big fan of it. And mm -hmm. the moment I started messing with it, tuning, you know, partnering up with Feel, mm -hmm. they hooked me up with um, custom like valving, spring rate. That we figured out the motion ratios on the car because mm -hmm. that information isn't out there, so we figured yeah. it out ourselves. That's right. So we knew exactly the you know what to put spring rate wise, dampening wise, mm -hmm. all that jazz. And then it just jazz. it's really good, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> I like um, it. I got it. <laughs> and i you know toss the keys around to a, a lot of friends and one of those friends is will Dries, who um i don't i don't think he does a lot of podcasts but he should definitely be on this one oh for sure well he is like the send, ff god <laughs> send, send me the information any wrong wheel drive enthusiast i am i am down do you know do you know who will is i have no idea who will is okay so uh will drives that uh that poop crazy prelude in uh, gta oh yeah I've, I've heard of him my friend um he's a mechanic for that uh prelude the red prelude that's got like yep. yeah yeah john lindeman helps him out sometimes uh with the uh build and doing work stuff onto it yeah so he had the spoon euro r for a little mm -hmm, bit mm -hmm. uh, okay now, now i know who he is yeah, yeah like he is the ff guy so i tossed him the keys to the fit and said hey man like do some laps just don't worry about I, I didn't film him or anything because mm. I it was like the end of the day and I didn't want his lap to be, you know, in 95 degree weather. Everyone else is in better weather. But yeah. I said, just let me know how the setup feels, because I've never set up a front wheel drive car. Mm -hmm. and, and he came back. And first of all, he went fa faster than everybody later in the day on corded tires. <laughs> but nice. he, he came back and was like, dude, I dig it. It's 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 amazing. Nice. He's like, I'd make it oversteer a little bit more, but since you're handing the keys off to everybody, he's like, it's perfect. So like, nice. feel rock star. Like we all just kind of guessed at how to set that car up, and it's pretty, it's pretty dead on. It's really enjoyable to drive. And next time we're at an event where the fit is there, I'd love for you to drive it. Oh, dude, thank you so much. That 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 means a lot. I mean, anytime somebody offers me the opportunity to drive their car. I I always take that as a, a huge sign of respect and try and be as nice to the car as I possibly can. Well, I want you to, you know, you can't really be nice to FF cars. You know that. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, like, like... You hate them a little bit. It would be really <laughs> fast. I, I feel like, again, I'm new to FF, but yeah. I feel like, yeah, I have to drive that, I have to wring that fit's neck. It's not, yeah. it's a precision instrument when it comes to 
you know, breaking, turning in, all that stuff. Mm. But when you're like mid corner, if you're not going a little bit too fast, you messed up. Yeah. That's yeah. my experience in the FF is you get one shot at turn in. Yeah. And if you're not overcooking just by a little bit, mm-hmm. you, you, you messed up and you could go faster. Oh, yeah, definitely. And especially since you're running those uh, Falcon 660s. I mean, I had Graham uh, on this podcast earlier and a couple of episodes before. And we talked about how impressive that tire is for the 200 treadwear um, category. And just how consistent it can stay um, good. Yeah. Um, he actually drove the fit as well on that uh, Falcon day. Yeah. Uh, so um, he he was able to get in that fray as well. And that, that's some great footage. He's a... Yeah, he's a shoe. And we, we talked about you um, when he was on there. Because obviously Graham has currently... Oh. Are you... Oh, no. All right. You're back? I lost you there just for a quick second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Graham and I talked about uh, you uh, on the podcast. And obviously, we all know that uh, Graham has, I, I guess, is the unofficial fastest S2000 at Button Willow. And we talked about your campaign to kind of beat that lap record. And uh, Graham, on like no certain terms, he, he was real honest and saying that he's rooting for you to, and rockstar to like get that lap record because you know as he said it he did a lap record um to go as fast as he could and he wants to see uh things improve not just stay stuck and that's yeah and i had a conversation with Graham about that too and it's such a cool thing in the community because that's mm-hmm. pretty rare yeah especially in the time time attack like there's a good group core group of people that just love seeing other people go fast yeah I feel like graham graham's one of them will's one of them mm-hmm. um who's another amir is like that you know mm-hmm. he he wants everybody else to go fast which is is neat i'm, I'm missing a bunch of other people too but oh yeah some i mean of the guys that come to mind i um, mean in road racing it like I, this is something that i talked to tomo about it um it's such a like a for the most part, it, there's a lot of real positive, helpful people um, out there that really try and help you out. Like, I mean, they're they're not going to lift for you when you're competing against them, but they will help you out more than you're really expecting. Well, I think it's because winning against someone who's broken or had a bad weekend is like kind of a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to win. You want to beat somebody at their best. Exactly. That's there what you a go. lot of that's kind of what's missing a little bit in some of the community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like time attack won't grow until we embrace each other. Yeah. A little bit. Because... There's too much like, Oh, that guy went faster than me. I'm not going to like share his lap or say yeah. anything mm-hmm. because you know, that will give him, you know, a big head or whatever. And it's got to, it's really got to stop. Yeah. Um, People have to lift each other up in time attack and root for everybody. Just because this dude went faster or went fast doesn't take away your lap in your car with your mods and, you know, whatever. And so I think people need to get over that a little bit. And I think it's a, it's a mentality that's not going to allow you to survive, especially in road racing. Because like for my instance, TT6, we're the slowest. And by we, I mean me and Debbie. We're pretty much the <laughs> only people there. And I love Debbie because, you know, 
I battle with her so often, and yes, my car's less built than hers, and she's not doing the same lap times as her husband, um, Charles Sharp, is doing. But she's out there, and she's consistent. She's a good heads-up driver. And when I go out there and I'm, like, a second or two ahead of her, I'll tell her, like, hey, stay on my ass. Find out where you're going uh, slower. And if I can make it through that corner, you can make it through that corner. And we've done that. And she's kicked my butt because of that <laughs> a couple times. Uh, so, I mean, but here, here's the thing. Like, if I was to beat her by, like, four or five seconds, to me, that would suck. Like, yeah. The close competition is worth it. Oh, dude. The 100%. fact that I come out of the freaking uh, lap and I'm looking at the race hero and I'm like, load, load, load. How much it was yeah. it? Damn it. <laughs> Four tenths. Damn it. Where is she going faster? But, yeah, it, it's like, dude, that's fun. And, you know, Debbie's helped me out. Her husband's helped me out with getting, like, a spare bolt for my alternator so that I could drive my car home or even do more laps. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be, like, it doesn't matter if the per- if you're in an FF car, the person next to you is in a Corvette, you have different platforms. At that moment, when you're out at the racetrack, you guys have so much more in common than people out in the forums, out at a car meet that have the exact same chassis car than you do. Because, 100%. Because you guys are literally doing something that's incredibly hard, incredibly humbling, and if you want to make a friend, make a friend with the guy who's gridded next to you, because odds are there's going to be a time when you need help, and he's going to be the person that's going to help you, not the person at the car meet, not the person at the uh, at the forum at that point. You have to build the relationships with the people that are there. Absolutely. And when you start to alienate those relationships is when, you know, like you said, those people don't stick around because it, it no longer becomes fun. Yeah, you... it's not a, it's not it, a successful it, it, thing. And it's not about taking it too seriously. It's not like mm-hmm. taking it seriously. That's not what I look at. It's just about having that mentality where mm-hmm. like, hey, we're all here together. We're doing what we love. You know, we're going to see more of each other. Like, let's be friends and mm-hmm. figure all this out. And most of the guys that I've come into contact with in the sport are like that. Yeah. Um, some of them are a little standoffish at first, but you get to know them. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's just how you are, you know, as a person. So I've there's very few toxic people because like you said, they don't, they're not around a long time. I mean, eventually everybody's going to get to a point where something's going to break. You're going to need help. And if you don't get the help that you need, if you feel ostracized and alienated, I mean, like what we do is hard. It's not easy. And it's not glamorous. I mean, we're going to the middle of the desert. The areas around there sometimes are sketchy. And it is like... People don't understand how, yeah, the pictures of you being out on the road, all of these things are great, but it's the things that you have to do leading up to the event, not being there for certain family events because, you know, you have to go pick up a car, parts or whatever. And I'm sure you deal with that as as well. Because, I mean, you, you have a wife. Yeah, luckily I have have a very lovely wife that's very, very supportive Mm -hmm. of all this. And you um, need it. Is, yeah, you absolutely need that. When they say it's a team sport, it, is. it really is, even when you're going by yourself because mm-hmm. you have your family, your friends, everybody that you go, hey, can you – hey, Kevin, can you hang out this weekend? Can you help me with this? No, well, actually, I have to race, and, you know, they have to stick around, and that's mm-hmm. hard on everyone around you when you constantly have to go to the track. And, you know, it's a 
it's a passion and up until recently it was all for fun and now it's starting to get a little more serious for me mm-hmm. which is good um, but that brings you know more stress more events more time away and uh, like you said I it, it makes it a lot better when you know that people are coming that are gonna give you a run for your money that gonna make yeah. it work yeah like when I see Alessandro you know showing up to a track day I get excited because we're always pretty close in lap time yeah um, and then Chris Bennett who just sold his car mm-hmm. um, unfortunately him and I were always neck and neck in the Viper in his uh, c6z Mm-hmm. So that was uh, it's unfortunate that he sold his car so he'll be gone but you know hopefully we'll get some more TT1 guys coming in but yeah that community the friends that all makes it worthwhile cuz if you show up to a track day work that hard and then just sit there by yourself it's it's hard it's lonely yeah. and you and you need help sometimes like you mentioned yeah so yeah cuz I, yeah. I I remember um at the Big Willow event like it it sucked and you didn't have a transponder and it's like man like that really sucks and i i remember i came up to you and i'm like dude you know i'm out there oh hold on you're back yeah, i'm back it's like right. just for a second if, even like, <laughs> if you just look and just go wait a minute then we'll, we'll be fine <laughs> yeah there we go i'm keeping these in here by the way this is fun <laughs> perfect it's perfect it's a real real uh a real, real deal real deal um but yeah like you know that you were out there like and you weren't able to get a time and that that sucks because i've been in that situation where i had a transponder and the last time at auto club um my aim lap timer didn't work. My camera was not working. It, uh, my SD cards were full. Um, and the transponder was just like dying. Like it, it was flashing perfectly for uh, four, the four flashes for uh, four days of charge. And then um, I was getting black flag like every session. And they're like, yeah, you don't have a transponder. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I just, I, I don't care. I just want to do a PB. Like, find some data to like have as a benchmark and i mean i wasn't competing at that point but i can't imagine how stressful it is for you that you're doing your events you're documenting all of that and to have like failures at that point it sucks and that failures like that was pretty was pretty bad yeah signing up and then going all right i'm here for my transponder and i'm going yeah we're out (sighs) oh sucked and then you know going up to you know, grid and going, all right, well, I'm going to go out without a transponder because you don't have one. And them going, no, you can't go out. We will black flag you if you have no transponder. I said, well, you guys ran out. And they said, that's not my problem. There was a lot in that episode that I cut out because yeah. I was legitimately, if you were there, like, yeah, dude, I, I, I offered my transponder there just to help I you know, out. I was not going to take away from someone else's track time. Dude, I, um, I was fine because here's the thing. I share the car with Caroline, so sometimes I can only do two two or three laps and then come in, and I'm like, good. I don't have to rush through it. I'll just give Kevin uh, the transponder for that one, <laughs> and then uh, I'll get all these like, brownie points with him, and then, uh, you know, I- I'm good. <laughs> so, oh, but... Man. But I mean, like that, that goes to tell you that the fact that, you know, you're the type of person that has people offering, um, transponders too. And, you know, it, it, it could be in the future that I may need your help or you might need my help or whatever, uh, the situation happens and you build those relationships. And I mean, yep. 
we're, we're literally at the totem ends of freaking time trials. You are the fastest. I am literally the slowest at Auto Club. I'll, I'll, I'll fight people at freaking Button Willow and at... Uh, and uh um big willow I, I i can i can hold my own a little bit there like I, i'm i'm doing all right i'm doing the 144 at big willow so i know. think that's quick for that car like super <sighs> quick i think i could get another two seconds if i just nail a, a couple certain points a little bit more auto, auto club must be just a little infuriating in that car because <sighs> there's no like real fun i guess the Maybe before the playground, that you know, left-right complex might mm-hmm. be kind of fun, and then of course four or five if you can get it car to rotate, but it's not fast. Yeah, but to really set down a, fun, a lap there, it's not very fun in a front-wheel no. drive car without a lot of power. But mm-hmm. most of the other tracks, you, it's a blast. But just Auto Club, it kind of, kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah, I, I, I tried to play around to, from doing like, mo- most of the Honda Challenge. I, I try to copy whatever Honda Challenge is doing. Because I figured, like, why why rack my brain? And they all take mm-hmm. the inside line, uh, just staying, like, all the way at the bottom. But I found that if I take, like, a little bit of the modified high horsepower line, go up and then dive down, I get a little bit more mile per hour. Like, it seems like I'm getting up to maybe, I don't know, like, a 110, 112. Again, I don't know, because AIM, for whatever reason, doesn't like Auto Club on my freaking AIM solo timer. So, yeah, um, it, 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 it is frustrating to get walked. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, it yeah. is frustrating to get walked as bad as uh, I did at, um, at Auto Club because being six seconds off of uh, even Pramesh and uh, Debbie is kind of like, no, I, I know I have the driving skills to be with them, but yeah. It's just all, yeah. it's other things at Auto yeah. Club. Yeah. And that's why there's a very large amount of <laughs> drivers that are reasonably quick at Auto Club, but, you know, not quick anywhere else. Yeah. So be be thankful you're, you're in the other realm where you're faster <laughs> everywhere else, just Auto Club, because yeah. the car is slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, turning into turn uh, one or turn two, like... Every steering degree that I put in, I can see the mile per hour like start to go. Like it's like they're tied in a string together. Like it slows yeah. down for every degree I put in there. Oh yeah, man. Auto Club's <laughs> tough there, and and it's such a, a tough decision to do what you did and go you know high to low because you're adding like forty feet of track. Yeah, it's a lot when you're going it to is. high, but but over you know three miles an hour over a mile is a lot too. Exactly. So. And really, you don't know until you look at the data what's yeah. faster. And I didn't have the data, so I, I have no I idea. <laughs> so it's just like, ah, oh, it's it's frustrating when things let down. But um, it's no, nothing's perfect, and a bad day at the track is still better than a good day anywhere else for the most part. Yeah, and you know, like to touch on a, another aspect of what you do is uh, coaching. Um, if it wasn't for me coaching that weekend. Um, I wouldn't have come away with it as such a, like, I didn't, how, how could I say it? It's not that I was bummed, but it was that I just it was didn't. still fun. Yeah. Like but you still had fun. Yeah. Cause like I had a student that showed up in a Buick wagon and we were out there in HPD one, just 
reaming that thing and that was so much fun to catch up to some of the guys that thought that they were quick at uh auto club and like porsches <laughs> and then just to see a freaking his wife's car all stock mm -hmm. just coming up on them on the back straight it's just like no bro you guys need to work harder <laughs> that uh, is that's definitely something i miss driving the s because mm -hmm. um, the NAS 2000, as you know, is a very capable car, but it is. all of these newer, you know, muscle car, Porsche, any car owner, a good driver in an S will pass them on a road course. I mean, and it's, it's a good feeling doing, you know, getting a point by, by somebody in, you know, a 20 year old Honda or in your case, a 30 year old Honda. Yeah. Yeah. And, like uh, and anybody I pass in mine is just like, bro, you need to work harder. <laughs> I actually, funny story, somebody actually complained uh, to my fiance that uh, I think she wasn't able to get a point by by somebody and he was uh, saying like, oh, but your car out accelerates mine. I'm like, bro, wh what car are you driving? Are you driving like a Geo Metro, a Ford Festiva, like the 90s box one? Like this car is not a Honda Fit. Not, I think you guys make more torque than I do. <laughs> but yeah i'm like bro come on like get out of here like no 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 whatever you're saying no yeah yeah there's a lot of egos there but again like it's mm. like what you said we keep touching back on this they're not going to be around a long time because <laughs> they don't have fun no. you don't have fun there if you have an ego exactly so, so. the s2000 um obviously the car looks amazing. I love that you went with that color. It it just fits it. You got all it's the hot boy arrow on it. I love it. I love the hot boy arrow on it. It looks freaking bitching. And somehow you shoved three fifteens into that thing. Yeah, and that was a lot of work. So we don't have the arrow on yet. The mm -hmm. arrow that I think you might be referencing is the stuff I borrowed for GTA in my uh... unpainted car. Mm -hmm. So um, the arrow is kind of what we're is taking a really long time. Um, I have a friend of Rockstar, uh, Rob Birch, who is custom doing a tunnel 3D splitter. That Ooh. is, to be frank, it's a work of art. Beautiful. Um, and he's doing it by hand. It's not his main job. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when he's done, he's done. Mm -hmm. um, so we're waiting on that. And then the rear wing is actually going to be a G-Stream uh, Comp 1000 which is a single element 10 or 11 inch cord uh, it's a 12 inch cord and a 72 inch span that makes approximately a thousand pounds of downforce wow. at zero degrees at zero. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So at its lowest so, setting is gangster. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be a pretty awesome uh, car once that gets all, you know, dialed in but we are waiting we are kind of at a standstill until arrow gets ready and now it's mm -hmm. you know june july so ain't nobody going fast in june july at button hello no. no so it's... we got a little bit of a break to figure all that out get the arrow on maybe start working on the flat bottom mm -hmm. and some other stuff but so when are you planning <sighs> to take the s2000 out obviously it's going to be closer to the cooler months to like uh late yeah. october's november's december's I, I mean if we get the arrow this month you know, we'll probably go out in July and just test. Yeah. Get some data, but we, we won't run, you know, like anything crazy tire wise. We'll use some takeoff, some other stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll probably take it out in July. And then I think our actual like run at the record will probably start in September. 
That makes sense. Is what I'm thinking. There's an S2K takeover day at Button Willow that we're going to go to. And how cool would it be to set the new Ooh, S2000 record at an S2000 I, that, takeover? I like event. that. I like that a lot. So I'm going to try and, and I know the guys that run it, uh, Brad, he's an awesome dude. Awesome. So I'm going to see if he can give me like, you know, pay the workers a little bit extra to go through lunch and just let me and Justin go out um, at lunchtime and have spectators and just try and try and beat Graham's time. Yeah. And I know he'll he'll be cheering for you to do that because he's just that type of person. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that's that helps a lot because I was worried when I met him. I'm like, oh, man, is this guy going to be, <laughs> you know, have an ego or what? But he did not. He's like the nicest guy. And yeah. we talked since then. And, so you know, uh... Graham, like he doesn't show it, but he has such a good driving skill because, I mean, like, dude, the guy. I've seen in... his footage. He shows it yeah like, <laughs> there's no yeah like i've seen it if you know what to look for and you watch his footage you immediately know he's got talent oh no i mean it like if you're just walk him to to him uh like at the pits or whatever obviously if you see the end card that that goes without talking but the way he carries himself yeah mm-hmm. he's super chill super relaxed super uh easy going and if you have questions he's always down to answer and take some time to do that and and I feel like at being like that is really important for mm-hmm. sticking around and, and people respecting you. And I I try my best to be as humble as possible, even though sometimes it's difficult because in this industry, like we talked about earlier, no one's going to talk you up. You kind of have to talk yourself up. Kevin is Burke is a badass, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one talk like not a lot of people talk other people up in this, this industry. Yeah. So it, it's tough to you know, carry that balance of being humble and kind of promoting yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you so. know, and this is why I reached out to you versus like some other people that, you know, like to me, the, the, the character, the person that I, that I want to have on my podcast is going to be people who are humble, but skilled and knowledgeable. So uh, if you have a big ego, that's not somebody who I want on the podcast. I, I want somebody who I can actually like enjoy talking to. And every time that I've come out of a driver's meeting or whatever, you, you're always a joy to talk to. And it's not because like, oh, you're this fast driver. It's just because you are like a decent person to talk to. And you're not like a dick to anybody, at least not in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like everybody, get a little redness behind the wheel. You know, mm-hmm. you can get oh, yeah. a little upset at some mm-hmm. people. Um, but honestly, like if I ever do get upset, I usually don't come to the meetings after because like, or, <laughs> you know, if someone goes and does something on track that is sketch and they come up to apologize, I'm like, Hey man, talk to me in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't talk to me right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just pulled out in front of me and ruined, you know, my, and the three people behind us best laps. This wasn't an NASA event. Yeah. And like, just leave me alone. And then like, they'll come back and, and we're, we're, we're all good. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just human, like everybody else. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of that that goodness comes from my wife because I'm not inherently a, a great person, <laughs> <laughs> but my wife has taught me a lot. She's uh, definitely keeps me balanced and mm-hmm. and true and all that stuff. And I feel like that's what a good partner is all about. That's awesome that you you found your person. Yeah, I found the person to balance. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah, this. It's funny that you're mentioning no PBs in July, in June, July, because I'm actually going out to the racetrack this weekend. 
Uh, by the time people hear this, they'll probably see some results that I'll post on my Instagram. But yeah, uh, I have my other project, which is a little bit more of a passion project that I've been trying to do and kind of failing at. Outside <laughs> of my 93 Civic, I have a 2009 Honda Civic Si because mm-hmm. I am a Honda fanboy. And my mm-hmm. goal for that one was to get it with the stock drivetrain down to a sub two minute lap. Currently, I'm at a 209, and the car has, like, no power mods onto it outside of a baffle and whatever, and Mm -hmm. it weighs a lot. Like, with me in it, it's at 3,030 pounds, and it only makes about 186 peak wheel horsepower at the MC Dyno. So. I mean, I'm trying, and I'm on Maxxis RC1s, so they're not, like, the fastest tire out there, but I'm going to go out are there. You on the, are you on old RC1s or the new uh, RC whatever they call it? Oh, the two. second gen? Yeah, I'm on yeah. the second gen on the front and uh, the first gen on the rear. Okay. The second gen, I have actually liked those a lot. I think it's a huge upgrade from the first gen. Yeah, I, I I like it, and I run like a reverse staggered, uh, so I run uh, 255 front, uh, 235 rear on a 17. Oh, those are pretty tiny tires, too, for a car that big. Again, uh, yeah. a little bit of a handicap, but that's what I could fit underneath the, uh, the fenders, so like okay. on a 17 by 9.5 inch wheel, so the car was kind of done with like TT5 in, in, uh, in the mine, so... Um, I'm, I hope I can get it down, uh, below a 205 is what I'm shooting for, but, um, realistically I know the car can go a lot faster. There's other people that go faster and similarly prepped cars, but I'll see, man. I'll see if I can uh, what, pull up. Uh, what event are you going to and what day is it? Uh, this weekend I'll be going to speed SF at, uh, button willow 13 clockwise this Saturday. Okay. I'll be at uh, Streets of Willow with OnGrid. Oh, nice. With the for Super GT Cup, which is the American Time Attack mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. deal that I help run with OnGrid. Yeah. Which actually, it's got kind of a neat. They did something cool with this event. Uh, OnGrid is OnGrid's always trying to like push the envelope and change mm-hmm. the way things are a little bit. They're definitely one of the more progressive, um, like track organizations out there. Like think the entirely opposite of NASA. <laughs> so younger people. <laughs> yeah younger willing to like try new things and you know have some fun you know they allow you to skateboard in the paddock unlike nasa stuff like that yeah i think that's Um, more of an insurance thing but yeah i've i've gotten corrected on that but to be fair i've also fallen off my skateboard on at a nasa (laughs) event so i probably shouldn't Um, but they're doing something cool it's 99 dollars for Streets of Willow. And oh. then you get three sessions before noon because it's going to be hot. And most and people so, leave anyways. Yeah, so most people leave. So we're going to have like award ceremony for all the time attack. for And it's on-grid shootout, which is every chassis. Apex, which is Mazda. And mm-hmm. then Super GT, which is American. Wow. And we're going to have all three of those done by noon. Uh, three time attack sessions. That's, a, that's really tight in terms of uh, getting everybody out and on and back in so i mean everyone was pretty stoked on that you no know, that that's to... that's an awesome uh setup i mean if you could do a track day for under a hundred dollars i mean i'm sure adam um 
from Grid Life uh, was telling me that over there, like in the Midwest, to do a track day, it's almost always like three to four hundred dollars at their yeah. tracks because you know they're only open for so much time. It's it's kind of funny if you think about it because most of the time organizations have uh, summer breaks because it's too hot. <laughs> yeah, Over there, right. they have winter breaks because it's frozen and snowy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite. Exactly. And they're open during the summer. They're just, you know, people still go. I, I'm not one of those guys that can go out, you know, in July and August in SoCal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard it's not easy and it, it really pushes you and really forces people to remember that you need to hydrate especially when you're out on track because i i've seen it in students where they're oh, not yeah. drinking enough and i'm like I, i've learned as an instructor that i need to ask hey how much water have you drank how like what are the things how are you feeling like be very cognizant of like a student starting to get tunnel vision and whatnot and yeah it's a real thing. People think that you're just driving, so it's easy, but it's a lot of work, especially when you're concentrating on a lot of oh, things. Oh, for sure. And as a, and as a instructor and coach, when you're getting in the seat side seat with them, yes. you want to make sure they're yes. in uh, you know the best mindset possible. Absolutely. I don't want there's, to die either. <laughs> I, there's probably an entire podcast you and I can do over like sketchy coaching situations. Oh, man. <laughs> like or like your worst student. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I don't want to say worst student because like most of my horror stories, the people aren't bad people. They're not. No, you know, no, like, no, no. It's just they not, throw the car uh, in neutral while they're in the middle of turn eight. You know, you're like, let's like or, not do that. Or um, one of my favorites is it was a McLaren 570S brand spanking new. And the guy's super nice. And we're at Auto Club. And he just goes around turn one, turn two, which is that banked corner. Yeah. Approaching turn three where you slam on your brakes and turn left. And just blows through it. Full throttle. Tight. That's fun. That's not so terrifying. So my brain, like, I, I did, I went vertigo because, you know, you're expecting this car to break and he accelerates. And I'm sitting there going, break, 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 break. And he's like, what, what, what? It just goes, blows right through it. Ooh. So, like, that was, I mean, that's it, not a dangerous moment. Like, there's been a lot more dangerous moments I've had, but that one was one where it was just like, Okay, it stands out. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna puke now for one because yeah. my my body was expecting to experience you know negative one and a half g's breaking and instead you accelerated through that corner. I I think one instructor told me one of the funniest things um, was a uh, an instructor a while back um, told me that he had a student um, some other instructor jumped in there. And then this guy jumped out and then grabbed the other instructor and said, hey, you should jump in with this guy. Goes in there and the student says, hey, I hear you're a good instructor. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. He's like, all right, prepare to be impressed. And I'm like, oh, oh man, that just gave me like chills hearing that. I'm like, no. That's not what we're here for. <laughs> And he was like, every corner he would turn over and look at him and said, how was that? And he's like, garbage. <laughs> like, yeah. no. Pre prepare to be impressed how good BMW stability control is. Oh. <laughs> Save me around every single corner. Oh, yeah, man. That's, uh, that's wild. 
Yeah, the coaching is, is sketch. I, I try and do data coaching as much as I can for that reason. Mm-hmm. Because they learn a lot more, in my opinion, at mm-hmm. least the more advanced drivers. I, I would agree. I would agree with the with the advanced drivers. I think at the beginning, you're just trying to build so much of the foundation that somebody needs that having that yeah. right seat kind of helps out. And yeah, I agree. At, at least in my personal opinion, 99.9% of the people that I've instructed have all been awesome. It's just like everything else, that point one really scares you at times. And not because yeah. they're mean or dicks or whatever but there's some bad habits that people um you know bring from the street to the track and you're just like whew, bro like yeah yeah the holding the wheel at 12 knuckles up bro leaning the seat back the knuckles up driving it's like dude don't do that he's like oh this is how i always drive i'm like okay well i'm telling you (laughs) don't do that (laughs) you mean when we leave the pits i don't do need to do red line shifts all the way through it's like no yeah. bro we're, we're warming up and yeah and i agree with you that the beginner, beginner drivers yeah. intermediate like, that is important but for an, adv- an advanced I, driver or yeah. you know intermediate mm-hmm. to be able to get a lap a data lap of someone else driving your car faster than you by a couple of seconds and then, then you overlay can it with overlay data, it. oh dude yeah you can instantly go two seconds faster and probably save five to ten track days of mm-hmm. seat time and tires and brakes and consumables by i'll, I'll have that to talk to you about that with my silver civic project because i've been stuck at a 209 for a minute and i need to figure out why i suck but yeah and there's on the flip side too if the if i get in that or if someone else gets in that car and does a 209 you go, oh, okay, well, maybe the car just needs some work. <laughs> well, sadly... So there's a lot of stuff. Sadly, there is a guy who has a more stock car than I did, and he did a 202.9. So I know that it's not the setup yet, and it's <laughs> it's me driving. And I also had Tom O'Gorman drive it at Big Willow, and he said, I love it. Don't do anything to change it. I oh, love well, it. There you go. So I'm I like, would trust Tom great. over, yeah. So I'm like, great, I suck. Uh, I, 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 well, I was, I mean, is that best I was, case scenario though, a little bit, like, yeah, honestly, like it is. I, when I first started getting into track driving, I tossed the keys to my S2000 to Jeff Ringer, mm-hmm. uh, who in the S2, I don't know if you know who Jeff is, but he's, no. uh, works for speed ventures. He was like the, F- Oh, I think we lost him again. This will be a continuing theme, I think in this podcast, but here we go. He's back. Boop, boop, boop. Nope, nope, nope searching for it that's a bummer i mean i'm here <laughs> i feel like it's on your end if i'm being completely honest because I, I mean i hear you the whole time oh lame probably you there back are you there yeah, are we I'm, good yeah we're good so you oh, were saying you tossed the keys to somebody yeah so this is in like 2017 2018 and i believe it was before i was sub two at buttonwillow mm-hmm. in my s2000 um and i tossed the keys to a friend of mine jeff uh, phenomenal driver and he was kind of like the guru like everyone you know talked about him in the s2000 community as mm-hmm. he's the guy to beat he's one of the best drivers and that still stands true today he's a phenomenal driver mm-hmm. he actually moved to super miata and won uh, like his i believe his first year or his first year he got second second year he won first place so he's, he's a really great driver anyways i tossed him the keys because i'm not sure on my setup and you know if it's me or if it's a car or whatever i'm at doing like 201 202s i think at the time he mm-hmm. runs out of Buttonwillow. This is Buttonwillow, 13 clockwise. Does one lap. Does a 57. Brings oh, the car back and goes. Beautiful. He goes, uh, yeah, it's good, man. 
was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Like, same as you. Like, oh, I just suck. <laughs> like, this is good. Okay. Tomo did that this. to me at Big Willow, <laughs> and I was stuck at a 141, and he went out in my car with me as a passenger. So ballast weight, two laps in, 136. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. And I didn't need the data trace or anything like that. I'm like, oh, I know what you did different. You're flat into turn nine and you don't lift and you use turn nine as a brake zone. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know what's impressive about that tidbit right there is that Tom, uh, Tom O'Gorman's never been to Big Willow as far as I knew before. Well, he did do, I think, a Hellcat day. I oh, he had so. a press day there. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I remember him saying like this is one of his first times there. Even if he yeah. had a Hellcat day, yeah, that's still very impressive to get out because Big Willow is one of those seemingly simple but very complex tracks. Mm, yeah, and Adam uh, Jabay told me that afterwards when they were hanging out, they're like, "Yeah, man, turn nine is so scary." Like even Tomo was saying, like that's an intimidating <laughs> turn, and I'm like, "Yeah, it is really scary." Now imagine being in the car. When you're used to going through a corner or into a corner at like 90 and then having somebody go like a buck 15 into it, that's pretty scary too. Yeah. And um, never missed an apex, just was smooth, super relaxed and would turn her over to me and say, good, okay. And just keep on going. I'm like, damn you. <laughs> and I looked at the standings. He would have been in second place uh, in TT5. With my car, which is completely underbuilt for the class. Yeah, 36 is quick for that car, given the description you gave me. 3,000 pounds, 185-ish wheel horsepower, 255 front, mm-hmm. uh, RC1s. Like that's, that's, that's a quick lap time for that car. Well, um, remember, with me in it, that car was probably closer to 3,300 pounds in it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is a good so, point. Yeah. Again, that's the stab and twist. <laughs> right there right. In my oh, ego. I just, i'm just really bad then <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there we've all <sighs> we have all been there that's how you get better though and it's it's good because that mm-hmm. means your wallet doesn't have to work that hard exactly it's just you which is better really mm-hmm. i think i'd yeah. rather have a car that's more capable than you know oh i'm maxing it out and i'm still not happy yeah I, I think most cars are a lot more capable than the average person thinks like just you talking about that civic which really isn't the most popular civic you know it it might even be like the one of the least popular civics right on track uh i know from my personal experience and mind you i am a honda fanboy i hate working on that ace gen civic because the front end is like it's like everything that an eg isn't it's small compact Whereas on the EG, I open it up, I can do headers. I don't even want to do headers on that car because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to unbolt the engine, uh, like, from the cradle and start trying to... Uh, it's just, like, everything to get to anything in that car is a nightmare. Which is yeah. so anti-Honda. <laughs> so... But yeah, I don't see a lot of 8th gens out there unless we're talking about, like, the vibrant car. Yeah. I think that's an 8th gen, isn't it? Uh, I believe that one's a nine. You're talking about the Will I Young one, the vibrant performance one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, King of Button a, Willow. Yeah, fastest lap time. G. In yep. a wrong wheel drive. Yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> to show you that that isn't a thing. No, I, I honestly think they just each have their own strengths. 
Well, when you put um, that much money into a car, I think you can make anything (laughs) fast. (laughs) You still have to wheel it. True. You still have to drive the thing. And Will All Young has done amazing uh, things with it, especially going out to Sakuba and doing a lap over there. That's amazing. That's, I mean, I've been to Sakuba and got, like, I was lucky enough to go to Sakuba during a time attack day. Man, that, that is so fucking awesome. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I've never been able to do something like that. Yeah, that is a, uh, that's pretty pretty neat. And mm-hmm. I've actually had, um, he's commented on a couple of my posts, and this is back before I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And he would like say stuff like, "Oh, my min speed there is like twenty miles an hour faster." And I'm like, "What car are you in?" And then I like click on his profile. I'm like, "Oh, oh, yeah, that guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, Kevin. We've been on for almost an hour and 20 minutes, and I just can't say thank you enough for coming on my podcast, and I know you have so many things to work on, like, just just a quick plug for your wife's uh, new venture that you guys are working with. Can you talk about what, what that is? Sure. Um, we just started, it's a media vocational school, so it's called the Media Lab.school, mm-hmm. and it... Uh, it's a basically a day program that teaches disabled adults how to, you know, be on produce podcasts like we're doing right now, do YouTube, do lo- lots of stuff, um, everything and everything in between media and arts. So we've just started that back in January. We've been open for about three months and it's uh, we were about to open up in person in almost one month. So it's uh it's a really, really fun thing, especially from what I used to do. I used to do uh, construction before yeah. uh, this venture, and now I'm actually driving full time, which is like a dream come true. That's so awesome. And doing this, and so you know, since awesome. I have not in my immediate family, but in my extended family, some people that would fall into that um, category, I I really appreciate that you're doing something that's going to give somebody who's in that situation. Um, you know, a skill set that they could use to feel better about themselves because sometimes, you know, they and, they have. And that's the cool. The, the, it's, it's a tough subject to talk about a little yeah. bit because it's a little taboo. Mm-hmm. But the uh, it's, it's really neat. And I love that we're focusing. We're one of the first. We are the first one, as far as I know, mm-hmm. to focus on YouTube because I feel like that's actually an outlet that almost everyone can use. Yeah. And they could use and excel at, yeah. you know, like we can teach them how to do everything you know they they can do anything we can there's nothing exactly you know the the that term isn't the best term in my opinion but i'm really lucky um to be able to work with that population and 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 them because they're they teach you so much about what we talked about about being humble and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's really rewarding and i wouldn't change anything for it yeah and and it's it's interesting because it's always like you said previously there's people that like to categorize um, certain uh, drivers, but it also goes to show you that there's a spectrum of people that fall into that category. And some people you'd be more surprised at their capabilities than, um, you know, others. And um, Mm -hmm. I I think that it's a, when you first told me about it, I was really impressed that you were doing something like that. And I wish you all the success for that. Thank you. I'll definitely keep you posted on it. Um, yeah, yeah, we're um, we're scrambling right now to be ready in what for like <laughs> ten days, which probably isn't going to happen. But the city, city's mm-hmm. dragging their feet on a lot of stuff. Yeah, but, that sucks. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone knows that how that goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have to furnish this, you know, big old building and figure all that out. So we're buying new stuff and trying to figure out the best way to to make it nice. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely post more about it. I think once I once it gets off the ground, you know, yeah. and like there's a certain level of you know privacy that you want to give exactly. the students and everything. So I haven't really, I don't know how I feel about you know really promoting it too much on my own social media stuff. Like mm-hmm. you know, people that know know, and that's I don't do it for any other reason but that, you know. Well, so. if that's something that in the future you want to do like a small promotion with, I'll go ahead and promote it on uh, my channels and whatnot. And again, get you that extra two or three people <laughs> to follow along. <laughs> well, but, I mean, yeah. honestly, if you ever wanted to come in once we open and do like a little podcast intro, like they, they would absolutely love that. Like, I feel like having bringing people into the studio is probably the best thing we can do. And we are going to have a fully functioning podcast studio. Maybe not right away, but in a month or so, we'll have a fully functioning podcast studio with a little table with microphones and hopefully some sound soundproofing and all of that fancy stuff. Hey, man, so, I am literally doing this inside of my 93 Civic EG. <laughs> I I am not lying. I literally copied well, Adam Adam Jabay. The Race FF Studios is the '93 Civic EG <laughs> that I go out on the racetrack with. You should 100 like get a photo of you in that car with like the uh, you know like the soundproofing stuff. Just like put it everywhere. Like tape it to the window. Tape it to the windshield. To be like, all right, we're here live from the Race, uh, Race FF. Uh, I have the mic like being held up between the steering wheel and the right uh, clicker, so that it's angled perfectly to my mouth. And then I have an extension cord that goes out of the passenger door into a plug in my garage. And, uh, like, everything is powered right here. Like, it's a completely mobile setup. Well, that, that's awesome. Even more of a reason to come down to be like, hey, you guys have this awesome studio. I do it out of my Civic. Yeah. You know what? Um, uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. And whatever I can do to help you out in that uh, area, I'm more than happy to do it with. Awesome, and man. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to be on here. And thank we'll you very do much. It again. And, guys, um uh i will see you guys uh next uh monday and make sure to follow uh kevin burke on his uh youtube channel because he's gonna be having some front wheel drive stuff coming up soon so i am 100 i am looking forward to it and forward as fwd so <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys and i'll see you next monday awesome man